Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Ring. I, of course, am your host, the one and only Dr. B.O.B. Yes, yes, that's me. And with me here is a new co-host, a podcast extraordinary mercenary of the podcast world. He has appeared on more podcasts than I have fingers and toes. The one and only R.N. He will not get muted today. Unless he says something dumb. No, I'm kidding. How are you today, RN? Yeah, man, it's been it's been a minute. I've, I had a search for, for co-hosts, and, and uh, just honestly, I forgot that you were going to come on. And then uh, well, I got bogged down with everything else, and we had uh, emergencies here at the house, and you know how life is. So I'm glad to get you. <laughs> uh, thankfully, we don't have kids, but uh, we got a big house, and... A dog and two cats, and that's that's enough for us. So, uh, this week we are... Oh, before I get started with this week, I want to do a note. In our last episode, uh, we talked about uh, uh, SummerSlam 99, and we talked about the, uh, the lady that came out with Billy Gunn, who was uh, supposed to have her ass kissed by the rock and ended up uh billy gunn ended up having his at his face shoved into her ass hold on a second her name is i got it right here her name is carrie and she's from minneapolis uh this is according to nate bash one of our other co-hosts she goes to every local indie show and for the last 23 years everyone has affectionately referred to her as mrs ass so uh there there's a little update on that i don't know if she was as in on the joke, but uh, apparently she really enjoyed it, and she got a little bit of minor fame in the Minneapolis area indie scene for it. So I thought that was a, a cute little tie-in to that pay-per-view that was otherwise complete trash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody remembers it fondly because, like you said, everybody, a lot of people didn't know any better because that was their first exposure to wrestling. So they think that's what wrestling is supposed to look like. Whereas, you know, I started watching in like 86 in the South. So my exposure to wrestling was the NWA, WCW, Jim Crockett. So when I saw that, I was like, this is, I, I can't do it. And I'm still like that today. <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they cornered that demographic. Um, so uh, this week, RN and I are going to go through our uh, top 10 matches of NXT 2022 so far. NXT UK. I'm sorry, not NXT. I don't know if I could come up with 10 matches in NXT I liked so far this year, but I could definitely, I definitely came up with 10. I actually had like 15 and had to narrow it down. So, um, but we're going to, uh, we're going to go through those. I'll give you the dates on mine. Uh, RN's going to chime in. If one of ones, if one of the ones, well, you'll have to hunt for his, but that's all right. It'll be like a little treasure hunt. Um, so uh, if he has one of the ones that I have on my list, 
you know, we'll definitely, we'll get to talk about that. And then at the end, when I'm done with my list of any ones that I miss that he has, we'll definitely get to talk about, because I'm sure there are some that were on our initial list that maybe I crossed off one he didn't or vice versa. So uh, let's get into it. Um, the first match I want to talk about, and this is an honorable mention, just because I honestly lost count and I thought I had a top 10 and I actually had a top 11. <laughs> So uh, this one is uh, the Saxon Huxley versus Vaughn Wagner from uh, April 28th episode. Did you see this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a good. Well, it was a good veteran versus uh, a leading a green guy because Saxon Huxley's been around for a lot, and he led uh, Wagner through what was essentially a very simple match structure. You know, babyface shines, heel gets heat, babyface comes back, blows his comeback, and wins. But it's the best I've ever seen Von Wagner look like, ever. And I wanted to, I've, the main reason I wanted to include this is because this is one of the things that I don't see enough of in NXT that we used to get in the black and gold, especially before it got to TV, is you'd get veterans or guys who had been in the Indian scene or been around wrestling for a while leading green guys through matches to get them experience. Because if you got green guys on green guys, nobody's learning anything because there's nobody teaching anything. So I think if we could get more veterans i liked having dolph drop down there i'd like to see um i'd love to see one of the uh one or two of the girls i think live dropping down to take on mandy rose would be a great little program that they could run and that would yeah oh yeah yeah he's been go ahead i'm sorry I can see that. I just, I agree with you about Cruz. When they brought Apollo Cruz up to the main roster, I thought it was a huge mistake because he's, he's super athletic and he had so much potential. And then he's languished on basically, I mean, even his intercontinental title run wasn't anything to really be remembered. So not that the intercontinental, not that that titles meant anything for a while anyway, but yeah, the the stupid accent. I I hated that initially. I don't. I, ugh, it. Mhm. Mm oh yeah. Well, it's kind of and it's along the same lines. Like I hate what they're doing. I hate what they've been doing with Oscar for a couple of years because. She's acting like a, a stereotype cartoon version of what an Asian person, you know, like this is like a, a 1950s, like this is like Jerry, Jerry Lewis dressing up with with glasses and the big teeth. And I'm like. It is.
<laughs> right. But but I mean it is. So so I if they and it's a shame because she's such a fucking good talent. If they just let her be a badass and not talk that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's we'll 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 hang it there. Uh, we'll hang our hat on that one there, and we'll move on to uh, number ten on my list: uh, Wild Boar versus Eddie Dennis in a dog collar match. This was from May nineteenth. Did you get a chance to look over this one? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like hobbits. They're like wrestling hobbits. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this was, uh, uh, yeah, Wild Boar is extremely small, but it... It works here because it's a gimmick match, so he could use the chain. Um, so, and they used the chain really well. I thought they didn't do anything stupid with it. There were some cool spots where they were tug of roping, and one guy, Eddie, got the advantage a lot of times because he has way more leverage. Um, they didn't use any other weapons. There were no chairs, no tables, no kendo sticks, just the legal weapon, the dog collar. Um and my other note was that the heels still managed to cheat because Symbiosis was supposed to be banned from ringside and they still did a run-in and Boar fought him off. Um, only thing... Go, go ahead. Oh, Andre Chase and Eddie Dennis. Yeah. God, they should bring Eddie Dennis over and have him be like Andre Chase's uh, uh, cousin or something from Britain. And they could they could do an angle with that. But I don't know. I can't. It, it, every time I see him, he's wrestling in a damn college Letterman sweater. And I just roll my eyes and fast forward through the match. Because, I mean, I know he's a talented guy. I've heard that from everybody. And the little bit I've seen of him wrestle, he looks good. But I just, man, I can't do a guy wrestling in a sweater. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the only thing about this match I would have liked 
is for somebody to get split open because I feel like in a dog dog collar match, if it's that heated of a feud, I think you should have somebody juice. But the only per, the only problem with that is is usually it's the baby face and needs to get the juice first. And I don't think Wild Boar with blood in his face would make him any more of a baby face. I think he just looked like like a, some sort of demon or something at that point. Because the you know he's not he's not a pretty guy to begin with, but um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, only there's only one Rey Mysterio and there's a reason for that. You know, not everybody can be that small and be that good. Um, but it is what it is. The little ball of muscle beats the uh, big, tall guy. And uh, I love the finish of that one, too. I like the tap out with the chain wrapped like three times around the head. Um, so uh, moving on. Uh, next one, I had uh, Mako Satamora versus Ivy Nile for the uh, women's the NXT UK women's title. This was June 9th, so this was the most recent one I had on my list. Okay, that makes sense. I could see that as a number 10. Yeah, I. Uh, what did you think of this match? Hmm. Work around it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was uh, uh, the technical amateur wrestling in this, especially the chain wrestling, got really good there for a while at the beginning. I think that's because Ivy has that uh, that kind of MMA style background, so the the moving from from hold to hold worked pretty well. Uh, she she did a good job of following. I will say that. Uh, she's green, but she followed and did everything uh, Mako wanted her to do. Uh, the, the finish was fantastic. I loved the way she applied the dragon sleeper with the hands held behind the back like that. I've never seen that. And I was like, oh my God, they might like, I don't know if they're going to, I know Mako's not going to lose, but they had me for a second. Um, and then Mako counters it by flipping her over and holding her down while she's still in the lock. That was good. My only problem is, is it's the same thing as wild Boris. He's, he's so short. Like she's a short ball of muscle. But you put her in there with a Rhea Ripley or a Charlotte Flair or uh, uh, Rodri uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I guess it's Raquel Rodriguez now. But somebody like that, and it's like the the visual is so off. Um, but... 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, overall, yeah, the women's division is smaller just because the, the, I mean, let's be honest, the very nature, most women are, I'm not trying to, I don't think I'm being sexist when I say the average height of a woman is shorter than the average height of a man. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think she'll, uh, I think she's got really good potential. I, uh, I have a, I think she's more believable than, and I love Alexa Bliss, but I think she's more believable to take down a big, somebody big like, uh, like a Dewdrop or a Ra Raquel Gonzalez than Alexa Bliss is. Like, because she's, a, like, like you said, her look makes up for what she lacks in height because she's so, like, just ripped. Um, like, her arms are, like, huge. For her body, like it's just like good God, it's just a fucking little ball of muscle, yeah. She's almost she's she's almost like a shorter Beth Phoenix, like. Like that kind of like just glamazon like, yeah, I, I I could definitely see that. So, she's definitely got. I think she's got a good future. I like. I love Mako. She's got another match on this card. So, um, but we'll move on. Uh, number my number eight was uh, Jordan Devlin versus Wolfgang from uh, February seventeenth. Did you get a chance to see that one? Okay, well, I'll run through it real quick. Uh, Wolfgang does a great job of selling. It, uh, this is one of those ones I put on because there were specific things I wanted to talk about. Uh, Wolfgang does a great job of selling and fighting back at the same time, which is something I don't see enough people doing anymore. We're like, they're selling that they're fighting from underneath, but still every opportunity they get, they try and come back. Um, there was a really good storytelling where uh, Devlin hurt uh, Wolfgang's shoulder and Wolfgang sold it like pretty much the entire match. Uh, Devlin's a good heel. And there was a, uh, I was glad to see that they didn't use the Devlin side as the finisher for Wolfgang. Cause I think that would have looked ridiculous, but instead went with the 450 splash, but overall just a really good one-on-one -on -one match that kind of showed both Wolfgang's ability to sell as a baby face and Devlin's, ability to heal and look like a smart heel against a much bigger guy.
Oh yeah, I I think upper mid card heel getting a chance, maybe one or two well, uh, title reigns as the main title guy. But yeah, I could see that as his, you know, being the end of his career. But being a multiple time United States or Intercontinental champion, yeah, definitely he's coming to NXT. So, and I have a feeling he's going to, he's really going to get over there because of how good he is. Um, you know, cause he's going to, again, here, here's another guy. He's got a lot of experience under his belt. So he's going to be able to teach those guys he's working with a lot if they're willing to learn. Um, so yeah, I think he's, and then, you know, he's the one who Shawn Michaels said had the most, had the brightest future. And, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Shawn Michaels fan anymore, but, uh, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. I think he's, I think he's right on that one. So, um, moving on, uh, next one I had was number seven, Isla Dawn versus Mako Satamora for the women's title. This was the March 24th match. This was the straight one-on-one match, not the, uh, the gimmick match that they had after this one. But, uh, yeah, this one just, I'm a huge Isla Dawn fan, so <laughs> I kind of, you know, I, uh, um, I, I can tend to like her matches regardless, but this one was good. She heals really well. She's got great, uh, facials whenever she hits something or when she's selling, like, it looks like it hurts. It looks like she's shocked, but it doesn't look like cartoonish. Like, you know, when like, uh, Ruby riot will like somebody will kick out of the thing and she like backs up and like has that shocked look, but it looks like she's like way overreacting to be a character of what somebody who's shocked should look like. Um, the match was super aggressive, which I like. And this one had another cool finish where Mako got that, uh, the inside cradle, like pretty much out of nowhere. I think Dawn was going for a fisherman suplex or something and Mako, reversed it got a nice inside cradle so uh so now we're down to number six did i miss any in your top uh in your first first couple there We'll see where we go. Um, yeah. No, number six. Well, yeah, we got number six. I got Joe Coffey versus Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup title mat. Heritage Cup title. March 10th. Yeah. Nice. What did you think of that match? You just want to see him get his face beat in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, and he's also the only person to ever get over Alicia Fox. Like,
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because Joe Coffey is just kind of a, a, a tough. He looks like the type of guy that would get into a fight because he's bored. You know what I mean? Like he's just at the bar and he's bored and he just punched somebody for the hell of it because he's like, what the hell else do I have to do? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. good power versus speed match, and Joe Coffey showed off a lot of good technical work in the beginning, which I, I haven't seen a whole lot of that from him, so that was uh, uh, refreshing. Uh, yeah, I, like you said, Dar's a great natural heel. Like, you really do, like, you want to see him get punched in the face, but you also, like, if you're a mark like me, you want to see him win because you like seeing him be a braggadocious asshole to people. Uh, Thank you. Um, I love the cheap shot after what was it like round four or something where they're out on the floor and Dar just kicks him right there in the in the side. And I got to say, Dar has some of the best looking kicks like they look they look really good. Oh, yeah. Um, and I like the fact that in this one, the finisher actually got the victory. I hate people getting kicking out of finishers. And I like that at the very end, he finally got that. Uh, uh, it's not the the, the, the supernova, supernova 11. That's what it is. Yes, the Champagne Super Knee Bar and the Supernova 11. The Supernova 11 kick, and he got the victory over coffee. But that was a, that was a damn good. It was a lot of back and forth in that match, too. Um, you know, so they, they did a good job setting that one up. Okay. Uh, it's six, three minute rounds with, uh, uh, it's sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 30 seconds in between each round. Um, you can, it's basically two out of three falls. First person to win two rounds wins as soon as a pin or a submission is 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 uh applied or you know either if there's a pin or a submission the round immediately ends you if you are disqualified you lose the match entirely so that you lose not just the round you lose the whole match via disqualification so that's what like whether the and the stuff where they do the the almost dq angles like sets it up even more but so basically it's a it's a rounds match i i like it yeah to a little bit of an extent they don't have the whole like you can't you can only break you do the rope break so many times i think in that i think that pure the pure wrestling tournament and that stuff i think they went a little overboard putting a hat on a hat with it, I think you could just leave it as a rounds match, and but yeah, this is actually uh, it's very close to the traditional like English matches, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. 
So uh, that's why they brought it back. And I love the fact that it the the title is a, a is a trophy. It's a cup that you carry around. You know. Oh, you mean like the, what is it? The, uh, um, the junior, junior weight or whatever it was the, yeah, but, um, yeah. So, but I, I love the heritage cup matches cause it's very, very different. And as long as they don't do them too often, you, it, it becomes, it's very unique and, and you kind of can look forward to it. Plus, uh, you know, and I was going to talk about this later, there's only been three Heritage Cup champions since they've had the Heritage Cup. There's only been four NXT UK champions and four NXT UK women's champions. And I think now five NXT UK tag team champions. And this is over, what, a five-year span, something like that? So they're, they're, all their belts feel prestigious because they rarely change hands. You know what I mean? And the guys who have them are, you know, the top guys. I mean, you look, uh, Walter, Gunther, Dragunov, uh, Tyler Bate, and Pete Dunne. You know, uh, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Kaylee Ray, and uh, and Mako Satamora. So, you know, it's not like they're just putting the belt on anybody to put them on someone. I think it's, I don't know. I, I dig that about this brand. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Uh, number five is uh, Isla Dawn versus Amelia McKenzie from January 20th. I'm guessing you don't have that one. Uh, I gotcha. Um, this one was good. Uh, Amelia McKenzie is really fantastic. Like, she's actually my favorite woman in the women's division in NXT UK. I think she's super smooth. Uh, there were great transitions and chain wrestling in this. Again, Isla Dawn has just uh, fantastic facials for, uh, for a heel and a cool finisher. Uh, McKenzie uh, works the match really well, and I've seen her in there with so many different people, and she's worked well with pretty much all of them. Uh, I didn't like them, her match with Lash Legend, but I think that's just because Lash is way, way, way too green and a little sloppy, if you, if, if, if I'm being honest. I don't think she understands how easy it, it would be for her to hurt someone because of her size. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh that was that was that match. Again, I'm a huge Isla Dawn fan and I love Amelia McKenzie and the fact that they wrestled each other. It was a good match too. Went for a good like ten minutes, which you know, you don't always get in a mid middle of the show women's match that lasts for that long. That's that good because they tend to use a lot of that area for squash matches, especially in the women's division. Um, number four was, uh, a kid versus Charlie Dempsey heritage cup rules match from May 26th. Yep. Go ahead. 
That's your number five. Gotcha. You want to go ahead and start us off on that one? Oh, Dempsey? Yeah, Dem A Kid. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, they. Uh, uh, well, that's a, again another thing about NXT UK, and I, you know, I don't want to like stick my head all the way up their ass, but, uh, but yeah, the commentary is so good, and that, like you said, the fact that they pointed out like he tapped before it was fully in to end the round because he knew he was going to tap to it anyway, rather to not get hurt and risk losing the whole match than to just eat the round. Um, you know, and that's, I have a feeling that that was planned. I think that was, I don't know, I don't know if it was or not, because Dempsey is so good, he looked like he was legitimately pissed at A-Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, Dempsey, and you know Dempsey is is R William Regal's son. Yeah, so uh, I think he knows a lot more about ring psychology than probably most people even twice his age know, just from, because I'm sure that he talks to his dad all the time about this shit. You can't, I mean, if my, if my dad were a, a professional wrestler who was one of the most well-known for being a great in-ring worker and psychologist, I'd be picking their brain 24-7, you know. Um, so, um, a couple of things I did want to point out. There were no strikes in this match until round three. The first two matches were just completely, like, I think, 
people, I think both A-Kid and Dempsey tried to throw strikes and missed, but no strikes actually uh, hit anyone until round three. So the first two matches were just complete uh, amateur-style ground-based wrestling. Um, I loved the Save by the Bell uh, moment at the end of round five where uh, he had him pinned, but the the time ran out. I thought they played that perfect. Uh, oh, man, that thing was, it looked vicious. Like, I looked at it, I was like, oh, God, I hope he's not hurt. Um, yeah. Um, I thought the brass knuckles coming out, again, uh, uh, I don't know if this was on purpose. I would hope so. For those of us in the know, a throwback to the power of the punch from William Regal. And then he does the Eddie spot with them where he throws them at a kid, you know, and even though that doesn't get the disqualification, it distracts the referee enough for him to get the advantage and get the win, which I thought, yeah. So, I mean, that's just, uh, this was, I mean, these next couple matches are about as perfect as you can get as far as wrestling matches go. In my opinion, I just, I love that match and it, it draw, it did, it draws you in so well that by the end of it you're just you're like on the edge of your seat wanting to know what's going to happen Uh, the one thing I'll say about A-Kid, I like him, but his cardio is so damn good that sometimes I think he forgets to sell how long the match is or how brutal the match is. You know what I mean? Like He's like fresh as a daisy through the whole match. And I know this is because he's got great cardio, and he's probably just thinking about what's coming up next. But that's one of those things, because you, you could tell by the end of the match, Dempsey is selling it. He's kind of stumbling around. He's and we'll get into this in my next match, but you know, so I, I wish I would like to see a kid do a little bit more of that. But overall, he's as as far as being able to work in the ring, he's fantastic. It's just the little things he needs to work on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But uh my moving on to number three, I have uh Smith and Carter versus Mustache Mountain, uh the tag title match, two out of three falls. So uh from April twenty-first. I have a couple of things I love about this match. One of all the the ref for this match, Chris Sharp, is one of my favorite refs in WWE. Uh, he, he's very, he's a stickler for the rules and he, you notice, you'll notice on the match, he's always telling the illegal guy to get out of the ring and he'll count guys and he'll count them when they're on the outside. And yes, you know what I mean? So, because you know, you can't cheat if nobody's enforcing the rules. So he's really good at that. Um, 
I thought they did a great job in this one of building towards pins where it's not just somebody just got pinned out of nowhere. Like you could feel somebody was going to get a pin right, you know, before it happened. Like they were, uh, they were missing a couple of false pins and they missed big moves and then somebody would get the advantage or reversals. And they, they built towards the pins in this match. Um, Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. This this is his baby because this is this. This really is his swan song to mustache mountain. You know, like the four way, the three way match that got the titles on uh, Smith and Carter was what was to get the titles on them. This was him wanting to have a great tag team match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the, uh, they did a great job. And this is what I was talking about in the last match of selling the length of the match. Like everybody in this match looked exhausted by the end of it. You know, uh, Carter or Smith Smith was like just stumbling around in the ring. And I know he got injured, but he didn't look like he was stumbling from injury. He looked like he was stumbling because he was tired because this was a long match and it took a lot out of everybody involved. Um, and then the, the heel finish, putting his feet on the rope right in front of his tag team partner, who we know is a consummate baby face and doesn't want to cheat, you know, to, to win the match and retain the titles was just like, it was perfect. That was a perfect ending to this match to continue their storyline and to give Smith and Carter something else to gripe about to be like look like he keeps cheating he keeps cheating like you know it's 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 like watching Arn Anderson go 45 minutes to a draw and you're like what Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He uh uh and that's another thing you you would talk about age it's not just your physical age, it's how many bumps you've taken and how many matches you've had. And this guy's I mean, he's been wrestling since he was what, like seventeen or something, and he's it is he's what like forty around forty something. I don't know. So he's around my age, and he's been taking bumps. And there's only so many bumps on your bump card, and then that's it. So, but he's yeah, he he's just fantastic, and I love the fact that he's getting this heel turn, and him and him and Tyler Bate are gonna have some banger matches. Like that is gonna be fantastic. Um Let's see, moving on to, and I really, I want to say it makes me really sad that uh, Ashton Smith got injured because he was, he was one of my favorites was when they put that tag team together. I thought Oliver Carter did a little bit too much 
High flying didn't sell well enough, and I think Smith really got him to calm down and to to slow down and 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 pace the match. And yeah, and they worked. Yeah, and they worked really well as a team. They started. They built a lot of chemistry. And like I said, they were there from the very beginning, and they'd finally gotten the titles. And then you blow your MCL, and it just it sucks. But uh, the injury bug's been going around a lot, so you know we, you know. But uh, number two on my list, uh, Roderick Strong versus Ilya Dragunov for the UK title from April seventh. I know this one's got to be on your list. <laughs> there you go. You want to start us off on this one? Yeah. Well, I think they wanted to, well, I think one, they wanted to, to see Roddy against somebody that was really, really good and not on the NXT brand where he could eat a pin and it wouldn't really matter. Cause look, I mean, like it or not, I kind of am, am a fan of it. NXT UK is not a hugely watched promotion, but But it feels like NXT did when it was on the network before it was even the black and gold brand, when it was still just like an hour long and Sammy and Samoa Joe and Finn Balor were there, you know, and it was just like something you had to go out of your way to watch. And most people, most wrestling fans didn't even know it existed. So, you know, it was just like, I don't want to say our little club, but it was, it was like that. It was like the little place that people who like old school wrestling could go and see old school wrestling you know, with storylines that made sense and not over-the-top stupid gimmicks. But those days are those days. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. All right. Uh, this one, it started out, it was very technical and even at the very start, like very hold-for-hold. Again, and I like to I like to note it when this happens because it usually doesn't. Four minutes into the match before the first strike landed, and those were chops. And then they started chopping each other. And, you know, they do the thing, and they sold it every time. Every time somebody chopped them, like, they'd stumble back. And then they'd come back, and they'd chop the other guy. And the other guy would, they didn't do like they do in New Japan, just stand there and just take it and, like, no-sell it. Like, if you're going to do the one-two in the middle of the ring, both guys have to sell the shit out of it to get the people to believe that it hurts. (laughs) Oh, after those matches with Volter, his chest looked like hamburger meat. Like, I just, (laughs) I mean, it's almost hard to look at. You know what I mean? Um, so four minutes in before they've hit the first strike, I love the way that they told the story and worked 
and sold and worked around the shoulder and the leg injuries. Um, you know, dragging off with that shoulder, just kind of with that arm, just kind of hanging there limp, almost useless. Like he would use it, but then every time he'd use it, he'd like, he'd grab it in pain and drop to the mat. Like it was this, the worst thing ever. Roddy hopping around the match, the second half of the match on one leg, you know, like really selling the work that somebody had put into, to, to your body part instead of, well, I'll sell it while I'm on defense, but then when I get back on offense, I'll no-sell it except for slap it every once in a while, and that's enough, you know? Like, this was really good uh, storytelling and psychology to make you, like, think, oh, wow, they really, like, they're really fucking each other up in there. Um, and again, uh, like Dragunov's matches, and I say this about all of his matches, it looked brutal and legit. You know what I mean? Like, it looked like a fight, uh, maybe not the most animosity filled fight because there wasn't any build up to this match, but it still looked like both guys really wanted to win and we're going to go there all to make that happen. Oh yeah. And he's one of those these one of, also one of these guys like and Roddy's kind of like this too. If he hits a good, really good big move, 9 times out of 10 he goes for a pin. He's trying to win the match. The whole match he's trying to win a match. Very rarely is it unless it's like he's trying to do the suplex trios or something like that. Very rarely is it he hits a really big move and then just goes and does something else or or you know what I mean? Like always trying to win the match. Yeah. So, yeah, Dragunov is, and he just look he does, he looks like a crazy Russian bastard. Like, like, you know, he doesn't look like a type of guy that would get in a fight with you at a bar. He looks like the type of guy that would jump you out behind the bar <laughs> just, you know, because he was pissed off. Yeah, he's 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 intimidating. He's incredibly intimidating and he's not tall. But yeah, his his demeanor, the way he carries himself in in, in and out of the ring is demeaning. Like even when he's doing his promos backstage and he's just talking and he's there in a suit. It's just like you can just see that fire, that craziness behind his eyes. Yeah. Mhm. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he he is 100% all in. Yes. 
Oh yeah. If he's on your team, you're just like, uh, uh, uh okay. You do you, man. You do you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, and like, I wish that he would tone it down just a little bit, but, uh, the, what Pete Dunn's doing on SmackDown with the Brutus thing. I think if he would tone it down just a little bit, he could have that. Cause he has that energy. He has that menacing, like I'll kick the shit out of you energy. I just think it's, he's just going over the top. He's making a fucking cartoon out of it. And I mean, this is WWE. That's what they do. But yep. Well, it's the, it's, it's the writers. They, they want, they want everything to be like a TV show and not be a professional wrestling program. And that's where we get this, this, this over, over characterization instead of, you know, why, but why can't he just, why can't he just go to attack people and then hold him back and not act like he's, you know, got like stage three rabies or something, (laughs) you know, like, just, just let him be a menace. It's, it's fine. Um, speaking of menaces, the my number one match for so far in NXT UK 2022, Jordan Devlin versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT UK title loser leaves town match May 12th. I love this match. This is a freaking A plus perfect, perfect match. Like. Uh, number one. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'd be a little suspect if it wasn't up, at least in the top three. But um, this one was brutal and aggressive from the start. Uh, it, feel, it felt like they had real animosity against each other. Like the way they were in the ring, when they were pulling each other's hair in the very beginning, like, and it was just like, they, like, it felt like a real blow off match. It felt like two people that legitimately hate each other. I mean, I doubt it, it would be that it actually is that personal, but they did such a good job that like, I believed it, you know what I mean? Um, the spot where Ilya got dropped on his neck on the ropes there in the corner where uh, 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 Devlin lifts him up almost like he's going to do a superplex and then he drops him over the turnbuckle. I watched that like three times because I was just like, what the? Oh my God, I hope he's okay. Like that looked brutal. Um, and then he goes to work on the neck and Ilya sells the neck for the whole match. Um you know, they had a great balance of heat spots and hope spots. Ilya would come back and he'd almost get a pin or he'd almost get back on top and Devlin would cut him back down. Um, I love the dusty finish and the restart. I thought that was something that, uh, especially the restart, like when Johnny State, as soon as it's over and they announce 
the Devlins won and Johnny Saint comes running out there with the ref and the ref's like, no, 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 no. And they restart the match. And it wasn't an immediate victory for Dragunov. Dragunov still had to work to get the victory after the restart, which, you know, a lot of times it's a restart and the guy, the baby face just hits their move and then that's it. You know, a la um, Michaels and, and Brett at uh, uh, at WrestleMania and the Iron Man match, you know, but it wasn't like that. They actually wrestled. They went back and forth. You know, you almost thought Devlin was actually going to win it. Uh, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He did that thing. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, he went to, I think he went to hit the ropes, and I don't know if he did it on purpose or if he slipped because he was sweaty, but his neck hit the hit the second rope, and he just immediately crumbled. Like, like. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was it and it's so good. And, and like I said, it's two guys that are the top of that division. Dragonoff, who has had great matches with pretty much everybody that's put in put in front of him, you know. Uh and Jordan Devlin, who's also had great matches. Jordan Devlin had what and I think and this is probably at least the last 10 years, might be the last 15 years that I've seen Jordan Devlin have one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen. Him and Santos Escobar had, for the cruiserweight title had one of the most believable like ladder matches I've ever seen. Like it just like they used the ladder correctly. They didn't do a bunch of phony looking dives and then pop right back up. They didn't, you know, set a bunch of uh, set a bunch of furniture up to go through it. They just fought the shit out of each other, and that's yeah, and that's and that's what this was like. Like this was, you know, and again, like you said, it it felt like real animosity the whole match. It wasn't like it started off like that and then it cooled down. Like these guys were really after each other, and every time Dragonoff would get on top. Devlin would like, and it was usually either he, he either he healed his way back to getting the thing or, uh, uh, he, you know, um, uh, just got lucky, you know, it wasn't a lot of, he out wrestled dragon off. It was just a lot of, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. And he or he dragging off would get a big move, and you'd think, okay, that's it. This is the it, this is the finisher, but it would take him forever to get to the cover, or he wouldn't be able to get a proper cover because he's so worn out. Um, like what was it when he? Uh, um, I forget what it was he did, but he fell down and he was almost across Devlin's like legs. You know what I mean? So he had no pressure on his shoulder. So Devlin, sho- and Devlin would barely put his shoulder up because they're both exhausted because they've been beating the shit out of each other. Um, yeah, it's just, it was a fantastic match. I thought they uh, they did such a great job putting it together. And uh, I can't wait to see what Devlin does in the States. I hope it's, I hope it's good. I hope it's good because I'm not happy with what they've, what was that? Yeah, I have a feeling. Uh, honestly, I've I heard T Bar is going to be joining Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I know. Yep. And I mean, even if you want to change his name, right? Because, I mean, Dominic Dijakovic does not exactly roll off the tongue. (laughs) You know, call him Dijak. Give him, I mean, that's like, that is actually a decent one word name that makes sense. You know, instead of calling Austin Theory Theory, I still call him Austin Theory because that's, Theory is not a name. You know what I mean? Austin Theory is a first and a last name. It makes sense. It sounds cool. I don't know. I don't know why they changed Pretty Deadly's names when they came to the United States. I'm still, like, confused about that. Now it's Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Like, what what was wrong with Lewis Howley and Sam Stoker? Those actually sound like real names that people would have, you know, in the real world. Oh, Max Dupree. Especially since he already had the perfect name, Eli Drake. I mean, that was the perfect name for him, for his character. And he's still doing the same character. So it's not like they've made him, you know, something he's not. It's just Max Dupree. What the... I don't know. It's almost like they're fucking ribbing him. Like they don't want him to fucking succeed. You know, even though you are better than like 90% of the people in our fucking developmental and half the people on our roster, but you know, and you look like a professional wrestler. (laughs) They should team him up with Zeke and they could both look like professional wrestlers. (laughs) Cause I mean, and it's funny, like, Zeke looked too much like Macho Man, so they're going to dress him up like the Ultimate Warrior. 
And it sucks because he can go. He can go. And I like, I'm a lot. The Elias gimmick was so over, and I understand it played out like it did. Like it, you know, there was only so far you can go with a guy that plays guitar all the time when he's in the ring. That's fine. Yeah, and he can always go back to it. But the tassels, like, it's just, it's so bad. Anyway. Um, all right, let's get to the ones that I missed that were on your list. Okay. No, I did not have the triple. Was, this, was that the tag team triple threat? Okay. What did you have to say about that one? I didn't see that much that much of that match. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. For a tr- or multi-team match, especially, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there are a, there were a lot of good people in that match, and I know I didn't have any of their matches on here, but I love Di Familia. I like Teoman. I like his. I like the way he works in the ring. He works like a heel. He does it when he's healing. He he looks like he's in his in his zone. Uh, uh, Raj is becoming like the beast of the group. He's getting. He's got gained. He's gotten a lot of size on him, and it looks good. And he can still move. Yeah. I think. I think he's uh I think he's I think he's uh um uh I, I want to say either Indian or Pakistani. Um Oh no, I'm not trying to yeah, I um but uh yeah, they they work good together and they seem like those two seem like they belong together. I think Dempsey feels like he's it feels like Dempsey's just using them to get over. Does that make sense? Like, but, and you can see it in the vignettes. Like, Well, and they work well together in the ring. That's the one of the best things. In and out of the ring, if if one of them has a match and the other two are there, the other two are always invested in what's going on in the ring when the person, you know, they're, they're yelling or they're screaming or they're trying to get an advantage or trying to drag somebody's foot. Yes. Well, that's the whole point of having somebody, especially as a heel. That's why you have... That's why normally heels have factions is because you gain an advantage by having a second out there. 
Um, you know, that's why baby faces shouldn't have managers because what the fuck is a baby face manager going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted, the one critique I want to make in NXT UK and this bothered me and it isn't, they changed where the camera is. You know what I mean? So that it's facing the crowd, you know, which I get, I'm, I'm that doesn't upset me. It's the, a, the floating camera that almost feels like it's being shot by a drone because it doesn't stand still. Number one. Number two, in tag team matches, but 90% of the time, one of the team's corners is not on the screen. And it upsets me because I like to look at the, because this is how I watch wrestling anymore. I like to look at the other, at the corner of the the corner to see if the guy on the apron is reacting to what's going on in the ring to his partner, because you have to do that. If you're, if you're part of the tag team, you, everything that happens to your partner, you have to have a reaction to it because otherwise, if you don't care and you're his partner, why the fuck should we care in the audience? So, Oh yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll get it. I think they'll figure it out. Um, I mean, NXT 2.0 did that floating camera for a long time when they first started too. I think they still do it occasionally. It doesn't float as bad as it used to, but yeah, it's like watching. It's like trying to watch a wrestling match out the porthole of a side of a boat, where it's just like it just keeps moving. You know, <laughs> like just stay still. I just want to watch the match. Um, so there's, uh, oh, yep. I almost had that one on here cause I like that one too. I just don't really, I, I don't like Nathan Frazier that much. <laughs> I, he's, I, it's not that he's not talented. It's not that he can't work. Well, there's a part of his work I don't like, and I say this about a lot of people. Montez Ford does this, too. Um, a lot of people do this anymore, so this isn't like I'm singling him out. But like I was saying, they'll sell great. Ricochet is another one. They'll sell great. They'll sell like they're dying when they're on defense and the other guy's getting heat on them. But as soon as they start a comeback or a hope spot, it's like, they're fresh as a fucking daisy. It's like the, the the 10 minutes that a guy spent working on your leg meant absolutely fucking nothing because here you are doing a triple lindy off of the fucking top rope, landing on your feet, cartwheeling out of that, giving a hurricane run and getting up, doing a dive, running over to the other side of the rope, diving over the other side of the rope, running back around the ring so you can drop kick somebody. You see what I'm saying? Like it just, it's just, it, Slow it down a little bit. Your comeback, the initial part of your comeback should be very fast and should be energetic. But after that, you need to slow it down and kind of like remember that you've just gotten the shit beat out of you for fucking five minutes, ten minutes, you know. But uh, other than that, I, I think Frazier, and I think Frazier's going to do fine. 
on the main roster. He's going to do as well as Ricochet has, you know, because it's basically the same wrestler. He's just white. <laughs> yep. He's part of two. He's part of two point oh now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Hey, if he can have an 8-minute or an 8-minute match, basic match, nothing super fancy, you're going to have an 8-minute match, but you don't botch anything, you don't fuck anything up. You, you're, you're in the places you're supposed to be. Your facials look good. And the audience fucking believes what you're doing. Then you know you're, you're, you're on your way. Because, like, you know, I'd rather see somebody have an eight-minute fucking good, decent, basic match than somebody have a 15-minute fucking botch flip fest that I don't know what the hell's going on. I can't tell who's the good guy and who's the bad guy because they both work the same. And it's just, it doesn't... You know, like, what, what, why am I watching this? If I want to watch acrobatics, I can, you know, watch acrobatics anytime. They're always, there's always college fucking gymnastics on fucking BT sports. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, this was his this was his last match, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Well there Well there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh RN and Bob's uh top ten of NXT UK twenty twenty two so far. So uh Look for us in December because we'll do another one. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But because uh, I'll, I'll actually, I want to start incorporating it back into the show again because I miss keeping up with it. I like I fell off after the new year and uh, just kind of, you know. Yeah, I'm up to date. I watched last week's, and then this week's comes out tomorrow, and then we're traveling over the 4th of July weekend, so, but we're, uh, 
Uh, we're headed back up to Northern Virginia to see some family of mine in the uh, uh, Atlanta. Um, yeah, I'm well out east of Atlanta, outside Atlanta, in the in the, in the uh, in the country a little bit. I mean, I'm about like literally, it's like a 20, 25 minute drive to downtown Atlanta, so it's not. Um, no, I think I think Douglasville is north of Atlanta. I think. Yeah, we're in Conyers, Conyers, Covington, uh, Loganville, that area. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun, especially since the uh, you know I'm supposed to start uh, wrestling school in September, and uh, the one I place I found was in Morrow, Georgia, which is like 20 minutes from my house, and they went under. <laughs> so now the place I'm going to go to is all the way on the other side of Atlanta. But, and this is a big but, it's the same place that trained Austin Theory before he went to uh, the the Indies and then went into NXT. So, at least I know that it's a good training program. But, um... Oh, nice. Nice. You got family in Charlotte? Oh, sweet. That, 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 oh, no, please don't make me go have fun and, and, and drink and do craziness. Yeah. Oh, no. God forbid. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Um, all right. So, that was NXT UK so far this year. Uh, next week, which I'm about to get re ready to start watching tonight, uh, will be, uh, or the next episode will be Survivor Series 1999. Me and Rob will be doing that. And then uh, the next episode of that, we will be redoing the Bobby Heenan tribute episode with, uh, I believe, Nate Bash is going to be coming back for that. And um, that's pretty much it. The LWF, the Legends Wrestling Federation, is on hiatus until um, I get back. So that's going to be like the the 6th, the 7th, I think I'm having a show. And then, uh, the ninth we're having a pay-per-view. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, anything you got to plug RN? How, what shows aren't you appearing on this week? <laughs> right on there you got it from rn of course you know you can always find us at back to the ring on twitter and you can use that uh that handle to pretty much find any other information you want to know about the back to the ring podcast available on spotify and apple Podcasts and most other minor uh podcasting platforms i think uh that's it for us tonight you ready to go home 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on. It was a good time. And with that, on the words of the great Tully Blanchard, it's been your pleasure. Good night.